Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today's podcast guest is singer-songwriter and actress Alison Sadol, who you will know as Queenie Goldstein from the Harry Potter prequel Fantastic Beasts franchise. And she's here today to talk about her intimate new album, Still Come the Night. So welcome, Alison. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you must be very busy. How are you? I'm very well. I'm happy to be talking to you. Oh, and you too. Thanks so much. And I know you must have a very busy schedule. I know you're just saying off air, you've just had, you know, your osteopathy session. So it's all going on. It sounds like you've got a busy day ahead. So um, you're in London, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. East London. Okay. And how long have you been based over here then? Because I was surprised um, at first to see that you lived over here. The time, the time zone. Um, yeah, I've been here since um, just before lockdown, uh, the first lockdown, uh, which is a, <laughs> which is, was an interesting time to move. Um, I'm only just sort of getting to know the neighborhood open. Um, but uh, yeah, my my partner had just moved back to to England when we met, and. Um, I needed to come back to film the next Fantastic Beast anyway and just thought that it seemed like a new adventure to try living in London properly. So mm. went for it. Well, that makes sense. Well, um, we're sorry about the weather on behalf of the whole UK, <laughs> even though it's not too bad today. I definitely did not move to the UK from LA for the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, it's so grim, yeah. isn't it? But <laughs> so what are, what are you up to today then, apart from, um, you know, talking to me and having your, you know, back crack and all of that stuff? Have you got anything else going on this afternoon? <laughs> oh God, I can't even tell you how joyous it was and painful. Um, <laughs> I am, uh, well, so being a mom, it's like, when you have childcare, you have like, you have like an hour and then you just jam as much, into it so I have like an hour free and I'm going to try and exercise do some bills do some emails um and some laundry in the in the time that I have free and then I have more interviews and meeting and um calls and it's just one of those days I mean it sounds really boring uh very rough and roll. I love it doing the laundry yeah, you're really really glad you asked that question <laughs> No, of course. I'm just going to go out on my yacht and, you know, Sunday. Yeah, with Beyonce. I, I was going to do that too. Yeah. I'll see you there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my other plan, but I think I'm going to do instead. Yeah. Do the chores instead. Okay. So let's go. We should talk about the music then. So if we take it back a little bit to maybe your childhood. So was music a big part of your upbringing in your household? And I don't necessarily mean, you know, were your parents musicians or anything like this, but was it sort of a big part of your memories of your childhood that music was always playing and that kind of thing? Um, it was to a degree. My dad is very musical and um, was in bands and stuff when he was younger. So there was there was a degree of music playing, but I wouldn't say that it was an overtly musical household. Um to the point where when I went into music, I thought I was being original. I didn't I, I didn't find out that my dad had been a bass player in bands until I started playing bass, thinking I was really cool. And then he's like, yeah, I moved to L.A. to play bass. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you were cool first. Yeah, I see that. Cool dad. So how did you not know that he was a bass player until a bit later? Well, I knew he was a musician. He always played guitar growing up. Um, oh. 
and a bit of piano, but I didn't know that that was the thing. And I think the, the bass is the coolest instrument in the band, to be honest. Oh, same. It's, I'm biased though, because my dad was a bass player too. But it's not something you play oh, casually really? around the house, right? No, you don't walk around playing bass. No, it's a bit weird. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a collaborative instrument for sure. <laughs> Definitely. So what, um, can you remember, you know, the first bit of music you bought with your own money and normally this is either something really cool or something really um cheesy so I'd love to hear if you can remember what yours is um I think it was Madonna a cassette tape nice that's Um, not bad no it's not bad it's not bad um although you know I don't really know if that was my own money when you say your own money I mean it was still my parents money (laughs) Um, I think I, I think I remember vividly buying Coldplay and the White Stripes, the first Coldplay album, and the I forget which White Stripes album it was, but it was the one with Seven Nation Army on it. That I remember vividly as like a change from kind of taking music in that was around me to going to a record store when we when those existed, and they had like one of those um, kiosks where you you scroll through different records and I put the Coldplay album on and my mind was blown. And that first Coldplay record is pretty spectacular. So beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And what about paint a bit of a picture? Is this what was on your bedroom walls at the time? Coldplay, um, you know, that side of things, white stripes or uh, did were you having movie posters on your walls as a kid and a teenager? I don't really know what I was doing as a kid and as as a teenager. I didn't have many posters up. I didn't really, I was so internal. I like, I, I, I read a lot and I didn't really put stuff up. I don't know. I kind of just felt like my environment was not, not great. I didn't like our, our walls to be honest they were like that horrible <laughs> stuff going right I don't know why I, yeah I don't know why I didn't just plaster them because as I got older um when I bought my own house I completely collaged um my entire walls with one of my walls in my bedroom with um old life magazine um and national geographic um pages and that was great I love that I sort of just delayed being a teenager until I was about 25 I don't know what I was that's fine a lot of us ruined our um you know parents poor walls I thought you might have gone full-on Spice Girls like me at the time you know just everything within sight Spice Girls on the walls but um no you've clearly held back a bit great though they were great what a time what a time (laughs) (laughs) so on to your music so obviously I know and I'm just for the purposes of any of our listeners that maybe don't know and our readers so you used to release music obviously under a fine frenzy but um you you also release music of course now as well including your new album under your real name but um what was the reason for the separation between you know putting a fine frenzy to bed and saying hey I'm gonna release music under Alison now well when I when I decided to have a, a pseudonym, um, I was I was young. I was like, I don't know, 20, maybe 21. And I didn't like the idea of people focusing on me too much. I wanted the music to be um, 
its own thing. And I kind of wanted to be more in the background of it. I didn't want to be a pop star. The idea just terrified me. And that's kind of what happened a lot of times to young women around my age is that they were kind of plonked into a sort of um, pop star (laughs) category. And uh, so I, I chose the name to kind of hide behind essentially. Um, And then when I got a bit older, um, I was still making music under this name, but I just, I started to feel like I was outgrowing the name, the aesthetic, the, the, the time really of wanting to, to, to be under that, that guise. And also a fine frenzy really got, I had had a really strong association with my first album and I kind of felt like I couldn't grow as an artist with that name because people seemed to just want me to repeat that. And I didn't know how to do that. It just wasn't in me. So, yeah. So I just, I decided to go under my name and it was terrifying because like with the, with a pseudonym, you can just make another pseudonym yeah, and then you can dump that and you can make another one. So like if you fail under another name, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but when you, are putting music out as your own name you really have to stand behind it it's like a tattoo you know like a temporary tattoo versus a real yeah. tattoo the pressure's on now yeah 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 <laughs> yeah um that said a fine frenzy has been incredibly permanent in my life and it's it it it, it it's um offered me so much to grow from and I feel much more fondly towards it than I did Mm -hmm. um I don't feel like I I actually really needed to just to distance myself so harshly from it and um I mean it's been 15 years now since my first record came out so yeah I can look back at that girl and love her rather than being embarrassed by her which yeah yeah, I mean, that comes with age, though, doesn't it? You can always look back at things. It's a lot easier um, to take that step back once the time has passed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and, is. Um, obviously, you've been doing quite a bit of acting in recent years, so many will know you uh, from this, and then in turn they might be surprised to learn that you've also been making music for years, like you've just explained, obviously. So do you feel or have you ever felt music or acting is your true calling? Did you always want to do one over the other, or are you just happy to embrace any kind of creative opportunity like that? Well, music is my, it's my most intimate form of expression. It's something that I hold very closely to my heart. I have a real love-hate relationship with the music business, Um, but I, I can't really live without making music. I've tried um acting I love for very different reasons I'm milder uh, I mean I'm still I'm just a quite extreme hot or cold kind of person so I also go up and down with acting but I have a milder relationship with it than with um music and and I love the collaboration that comes from um the the acting the film tv world i love that you get to be in kind of like a summer camp type environment although you have that on tour as well with them um 
and I'm much more collaborative in my musical creative process now. So it, they're, they're both around people and generally people that are just absolutely extraordinary. Um, so I, I don't think I could choose. I love both of them and I think they both inform the other and acting gives me, um, some, it just gives me more structure and form to my life because the acting is just a bit less of the wild west than music. Music like is <laughs> all over the place. Um, and, and, and acting is like, okay, you're making this project from this date to this date. I know that I'm going to need to get up at this hour and it's going to be this, it's much more scheduled, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good for my brain. Okay, that's good. And I'd love to quickly ask you about um, Fantastic Beast before we get on to all about the new album. So we're quite close in age, I've looked up. So were you of the age, were you binge reading these Harry Potter books like me once upon a time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I read uh, one of the last ones on tour. Um, Like I read them into well into adulthood and they're, they're brilliant books. Such an incredible world. Yeah. So what was it like when you first got the, I guess, go ahead or that you were going to play Queenie and um, Fantastic Beasts? How was that then as you'd known all the backstory with the Harry Potter books and how big it is? Yeah. I mean, I I never thought that this was going to be something that I could be a part of because it's such a it's such a British institution and Americans generally don't end up in those. And my I'm working on my RP accent, but it's still pretty bogus so yeah, I didn't think I didn't think that I was ever gonna do it and and um and also you know we there there weren't any more books so that this coming around just as a film first was such a surprise and an honor um I I was so excited to be a part of this universe I was so nervous I felt the responsibility because we don't have storytelling by the fire like historically human beings have you know but storytelling is is such an intrinsic part of who we are and how we make sense of the world and so you know what used to be yeah like some some cantadores some storytellers around the fire is now star wars it's harry potter it's you know it's it's like a much wider much more global thing it's modern mythology and um I saw a lot in the archetypes of these characters and in the archetype of Queenie particularly that was really interesting to me and how much she'd matter to people, especially young women. And I was really excited to, to have that responsibility. Um, yeah. And yeah. Her, her character development has been so interesting as well. What do you, um, I've only literally so weird. I watched the third film um, just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. I hadn't seen it yet. I think, um, what do you think of her development now? She seems to have, you know, come round again. She's kind of gone a little bit dark and now she's come back a bit being, being good again. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a really, it's a classic archetype, right? This like the uninitiated maiden, the, the, the sort of bright eyed girl, um, is naive and gets sort of manipulated and uh, by somebody of darker intent. And then um, if you can follow through the initiation goes into the underworld, has some 
deep realization sort of fights and fights back to the 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 light but with much more wisdom and sense of self than before that's kind of like that's an archetype that appears in lots of different storylines and I I think at least broadly that's the journey that she goes on it's it's difficult to achieve that kind of detail in um a large scale um essentially like action um piece with mm. loads of different characters and lots of plot to achieve you know it's um I I don't know that all of, that was always clear and there were some aspects of it that I um rubbed up against <laughs> um uh, but it's not it wasn't my story I just did the best that I could with what I was given um but I think that the if if people came away with that kind of um, sense of that archetype, then that's good. You know, like um, I'm always overthinking things clearly, you know, it's also just entertainment, isn't it? And it's just her journey. Yeah. Um, and but that's um, the way my brain works anyway. No, no, that's that. Well, that makes sense. You're, you're a creative, you're an actress. So yeah, that makes sense. So I don't want any spoilers. I would never expect that. But there's obviously, there's two more installments. Do you have any idea or are you privy to any information of any future plots again I don't want you to tell me what they are if you do but do you do you know what's coming or is it a surprise for you too I'll probably hear around the same time you do okay <laughs> we'll catch up then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay um so on to Still Come the Night which is obviously your album which I've been lucky enough to listen to uh today because I always sent the link which is obviously out very soon so that's very exciting but obviously I read um, the backstory about it. I know it came out, um, you know, around very difficult circumstances. You, you know, referenced the, the lockdown and stuff earlier. And, you know, I don't necessarily expect you to speak about, um, you know, the specifics of what happened unless you're comfortable with it. But, um, you know, you suffered a loss and then you ended up sort of being in this lockdown situation, staying at someone's farm. So, you know, how what was this experience like now that you reflect back on it? And how how did it come to be that you channeled these um feelings of grief into your music um I'm happy to speak about it by the way because that's what um but thank you for being so respectful I I part of what I was hoping to achieve by making a record about this was to um to be able to talk to people about it because it's there's a quite a big taboo on it but um yeah I mean I I um, we've found out that I was pregnant, um, on Valentine's day. And, and then shortly after the world started to like spin into mm. a very different state, spin to a, a halt really. Um, and, um, and when, when I ha- had the miscarriage, um, I was just under 10 weeks in the first trimester. It just, both my partner and I were, were so, um, we were just so devastated. It was, it just threw us. Um, and we, we didn't really know how to, to process it and deal with it. And my partner went very quiet and internal for about a week. He barely got out of bed and I, I couldn't process it that, that well, I sort of 
tried to get away from it. I tried to, um, I couldn't manage this kind of grief. Um, and I, I couldn't shut it down. Um, and I, my partner and I decided not to try again immediately. We decided to give my, my body and our hearts a few months to recover. So I couldn't distract myself by immediately trying again. And so I just had to sit with it. And then also we were at this incredible cottage at my friend's farm. I didn't have any Wi-Fi, So like, couldn't just scroll the pain away. <laughs> couldn't do much. It's just had to like watch the seasons change and, um, go for slow walks and then and and start to envision what became this album and um I'm so grateful for that time to really have been able to feel it and to process it and to move through all of the different colors um that came up and and in you know it, it's not just about this this loss but it's about living through living through something that knocks you sideways and like how to kind of pick yourself up in it or not and um there's a lot of brightness in the album and there's a lot of um love and sorrow as well all in 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 there because that's the process I went through Mm, I think you're right because obviously it sounds very heavy obviously it's a very tough subjects to talk about tackle you know try and write about I can only imagine performing some of these songs but it's not um it's not a depressing album is it if that's the right way to say it it does feel sort of hopeful and uplifting as well I wouldn't want people listening to this thinking oh this sounds like it's gonna be really hard um did you was were you trying to create that balance as well was this just a natural um sort of feel that came out of it once all these songs were put together yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking of the listener, but I was also thinking of myself and what I wanted to hear as I was going through it. And I, I, I didn't want to be pressed upon with heaviness. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to speak the truth, sing the truth that I, of what I was feeling, but I wanted light within that and 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 to be soothed and sometimes to dance even to move you know it's um just just darkness wasn't true to my experience but also just wasn't helpful in my healing Mm -hmm. yeah um I've seen as well that um still come the night was actually the first song that you did write in the days um you know immediately following um your miscarriage uh, and you nearly didn't put it on the album because obviously it must be incredibly painful um to address these feelings and you know put this into a song so do you still struggle with this um you know and find this one hard to perform has it got a bit easier as time's gone on to listen back to it now it it catches me by surprise sometimes it's not um sometimes I'm fine and sometimes I'm not and we don't rehearse it very much when we're in rehearsal just because it's very intuitive the way that Alex and I play it together and it also just yeah it, I don't want to flatten it um like I I do feel quite raw when I sing it but 
as long as I can keep it together enough for my voice not to go crazy, then that's fine. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very hard as it is. I'm very proud of myself that it evokes some, so much emotion in myself, at least. I mean, that's all I can really control. Um, but it means that I've done something that I intended, you know, it means that there's, there's real deep depth to the emotion. Mm. And, um, I thought it was very interesting. You recorded that one in, in one take as well. So I'm guessing perhaps this wasn't something you planned at the time, but it must've just captured, you know, that snapshot of that moment, um, you know, something raw really there and then. So, um, Mm. how was that process for you? Is that how it came about you? Like that's it. Um, that's, that's how this is going to sound because that's how it feels. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had written it on an acoustic guitar, but when Alex started to play it on his electric, when it's just dripping with, with reverb, but it just, it created this sort of, for lack of a better word, like a womb, like feeling in the room. It was late. I was tired but we'd been working all day on this music. It felt so, um, I felt so open and centered and and connected to Alex, connected to Chris, connected to Lloyd and Alex, our engineer. And, and it just, I don't know, you know, it's, it's quite hard to record one take, mm. you know, uh, there's always something that goes askew, but this one just, felt right yeah like a a song that doesn't need polishing within an inch of its life right it sort of captures what needs to be captured at the time it doesn't really suit I don't think that kind of overproduction or um fussing so um I can see yeah yeah, I can totally see why you did that um I actually really like come on baby I think that's a really beautiful song was listening to it this morning which obviously it tells the story as well of you know what happened I guess as closely as you can you know, put it out there on the, um, the, the night that you lost the baby. So was the, was this one, um, was this one, this one must've been difficult to get through in terms of recording that one then? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Um, I guess what helped with come on baby is that it's quite, it gets loud and that's really cathartic in its own way. I mean, I cried, I cried, so much after still come the night and I cried a lot in recording come on baby we just you know blow my nose and kind of do another take um I'm glad that that's in there again it's like it means that it it touched upon the thing that I wanted to communicate so um yeah there's definitely some takes where my voice is breaking all over the place and I can barely get through it but from each one in that that's not one take you know there's pieces that made it through that have that emotion in it mm. and on to um you know slightly uh more uplifting I love the story behind peaches by the way so just for everyone uh listening so <laughs> firstly the lyrics were inspired by your dog which is different <laughs> love dogs don't blame you but then um then you start to dream about having a little girl having all these dreams <laughs> about it which I love and you know spoiler alert I've heard your child in the background so I'm glad so glad and happy for you you've had this um you know blessing in your life after going through all of this so um you know so looking back now you've realized that you wrote the lyrics um actually two weeks before she must have been conceived so um I love that for you so what was it like reflecting (laughs) on this um 
now on this particular song? I mean, that, that is still surreal. And I kind of think about it and go, okay, la, la, la. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, 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 that song, it was weird. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't write it and it just wasn't ready to be written until I was ready to start thinking about her again, really. Um, well, I didn't know it was her at the time, um, but I just felt, I just felt it so strongly. And these dreams were, so strong and so um insistent it was really wild I think the dream the dreamscape has a lot to offer us in terms of things beyond our limited way of understanding them and um yeah she was waiting there for whatever (laughs) whatever that's worth um yeah yeah and it's a it's a it's a song that is has a lot of joy in it and I love that I can share that with her now. And then she's in the video um, that my partner shot, uh, those little home videos. I love that little um, family affair, then all involved in your new song. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I've read as well, and anyone that listens back to maybe some of your older music, you're usually a lot more guarded, you've said, or maybe metaphorical, you know, in your lyrics. So how does it feel? Obviously, the album is nearly out. It's just a couple of days away, um, you know, that people are going to hear this vulnerable side of you. You know, it's very literal, isn't it? You're, you can't mistake yeah. what those songs are about. So it's that nerve wracking for you. I thought it would be, but it's actually the opposite. It's a relief to be so open. And I feel, I mean, this is like, this is not going to be a record for everyone, whether it's, you know, purely sonically, maybe it's not, um, if, 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 if it's not someone's taste, that's fine, you know, and it's also, not necessarily going to be for everybody in its subject matter. I think it it's subject wise much more um, broad than just going through miscarriage. I think this can apply to all kinds of grief, but you're not necessarily always in the place that you want to even touch upon those feelings. And I feel like it might shake things up. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's just a nice album to listen to. That's, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I just, I'm just, glad for the opportunity to speak about something that is very important to me and that maybe could offer some relief to other people as well both both women and their partners um it's brought it's it's brought so many conversations up just talking about putting out the record so many people are telling me about their experiences already it's wild and that's what I hoped for and I think the more that we can share these experiences uncover them for so many um they just have to go they go through these things in silence or they fear I I I feared miscarriage like so much because there's so much unknown to it and and it, it it make getting pregnant really scary and I think it's just so important to have have transparency in the way we talk about these things so actually I feel the most relaxed um into going into releasing something it's weird I just don't feel like I feel much less worried about being misinterpreted Mm. now yeah and um 
Is music going to be the focus for the near future? Um, are you doing a bit of acting as well? Or are you going to be performing, you know, the new album live? What does the next, um, let's say, year or something like that look for you at the moment? So I I just filmed a movie, um, which was wonderful, in up in York. Um, and, yeah, from now for the the foreseeable next few months it's going to be very focused on music yeah so but then we're working on some more shows in london and then some shows in the us um in the new year and also working on making some more music as well because this has been a two-year process to release this record because there's been a baby birth in the middle of it um so i'm looking forward to also creating more music just being immersed in this world now fantastic well it looks like you've got a lot of um experiences to tap into for whatever your future music will be so um thanks Mm. so much it's been so wonderful to talk to you and thank you for being so open because I I can only imagine it's not you know it's uh, it's not an easy thing to talk about and like you said earlier it could it can be a bit of a taboo maybe women feel like they can't speak about these things that happen to them and or feel like they have to move on and you know stiff up a lip and all that so um yeah. I think it's really brave of you for speaking about this um being so candid and you know putting into your music so thank you and best of luck with um still come the night so it's out on the 30th which is very soon but by the time this comes out it will be out just so um I hope it just all goes well and all your performances are fine and um that you have a really lovely experience with it thank you so much I appreciate it you're so welcome um well um hopefully I will talk to you again someday um Alison um maybe if you've got some future music uh one day or uh, whatever you've got going on it'll be my pleasure and now I know you're in, in the UK you're not even far away so We'll have a cup of coffee next time. <laughs> cup of tea. Cup of tea. Cup of tea. Yeah, we love that. Um, all right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Thanks so much. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.